time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the
because he's given Jesus Christ his love and now let the weak say I am strong let the poor say I am rich because of what to be thankful for this morning. Amen. Just the very fact that you opened up your eyes and was able to get out of bed and come to the house of the Lord. If there was nothing else that you had to be thankful for, just that in itself. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. It's good to see each and every one of you. we got lots of visitors here and we are just uh, welcome each and every one. Um, had a wonderful time last evening. And looking forward to uh, what the Lord's got in store for us today. How many come to have church this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, if you didn't, just grab a note and hang on. That's all I can tell you. We're going to have us a good time today. And now let's sing this old song, I Want to Know More About My Lord. I think the key of G. Amen. How many wants to know more? Amen. You know, his brother Jason was, was uh, going through his uh, little study last night and talking about how that you were just with your bride you're just so mingled in with her and and entangled and you know it's just such a wonderful thing to think that we've got so much more to look forward to with him how much more he's going to be revealing himself to us and i'm just so excited about that let's sing this old song i want to know more about my jesus i want to know more about my lord i want about that mansion I'm gonna receive as my
about that mansion I'm going to receive as my
care There will be no one who saved us And who kept us by His grace And who brought us to that land so bright and fair We will praise His name forever As we look upon His face Everybody will be happy good news is it ain't seven dollars a gallon either it's freely given brother frank hallelujah how many's happy to be here today because he lives i can face tomorrow you know that's a big thing hallelujah because he lives All fear is gone Because I know He holds my future And life is worth There's a lot of people that's facing sickness that 
Doctors have given up on them. And they don't, they don't have a solution. They don't have an answer. A lot of people in war-torn areas. I mean, everybody thinks of Ukraine. Not everybody in Ukraine is a believer. So a lot of those people are facing hopelessness. But thank God we got someone to share our burdens. Someone who cares like no other can do. Before we take these requests before the Lord this morning, let's just sing this little chorus. Someone to share. Someone to care. All your burdens like no other can. Sister Haley, she is uh, sick and not feeling well. Also, uh, continue to remember uh, Ashley, my daughter. Um, I had to take her to urgent care yesterday, and she has uh, bronchitis, but this morning she was feeling a little worse. She's running a fever, so just ask that you remember her in prayer. Also, ask for you to continue to remember uh, Sister Karen Buchanan. Uh, she's having a lot of trouble with her back and with her knees, and just ask that the Lord would touch her. There's many, many needs among us this morning. How many unspoken requests we have. Amen. Remember to pray for each other. Uh, a lot of them I don't, I don't see. Uh, I don't, don't get the notes, but I know that there's not a family here today that's not being touched in some way, somehow, and they need a touch from the Lord. Brother Frank, if you would, just take us to the Lord in prayer this morning. our heads. Precious Father, we bow to you one more time. Lord, there's many needs. As Brother Keith read the request, Lord, that was turned in, Lord. Lord, it's people I don't even know. Lord, you know each one. You know every 
every heart. You know every burden. And you know every situation, Lord. Lord, there's needy people in this congregation of people, as well as needy people around the world, Lord. Your little children, Lord, gathered in many different places. Lord, we ask that you would go by each bedside, Lord, or hospital room, nursing home, wherever it might be, Lord. Even here in this assembly, Lord, there might be someone that really needs a touch, Lord. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would come this morning. And Lord, you would just speak peace to them, Lord. Lord, may they be able to just reach out and touch the hem of your garden. And Lord, as we continue with this service, I ask that you would be with every song, Lord. You'd be with the minister, Lord, as he comes forth, Lord. May, Lord, you so anoint him to speak. May you anoint the children, Lord, that's in the congregation, Lord, to receive, Lord. Lord, don't let nothing pass by that we have need of, Lord. May we hang on to every word. Keep us in your perfect will today. Watch over your children. Heal the sick, we pray. These things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. I have a request for um, Sister Florence to give us a special this morning. So as she uh, comes forward and makes her way up, just want to welcome each and every one of you here this morning. Again, it's good to see all of our visitors here. We got some that's of our regular folks that's not here, but it's always nice to, to have the visitors. I don't know all of you by name, but we welcome you and we trust that uh, that you have a good time in the Lord this morning. In the warfare that is raging for the true and for the right when the conflict fierce is raging with the powers of the night, God needs people brave and true that He may depend on you. May the Lord depend on you. Loyalty is but is you. Say, O oh Spirit, brave and true. That he may depend on you. See, they come on safe opinions, coming strong, satanic minds. Powers come and dark dominions from the regions of the night. God requires the brave and true. May he then depend on you. Oh, may the Lord depend on you. Loyalty is but is you. Say, oh, spirit, brave and true, that he may depend on you. From the throne, the Father sees us. Angels helps us to prevail. And our Father true is Jesus. And we shall not, cannot fail. Try us crowns the 
royalty is what is due. Say, O oh, spirit, brave and true, that he may depend on you. Thank you, Sister Florence. I sure appreciate that. I always enjoy Sister Florence, especially when she's worshiping with us in the congregation. It's so uplifting. I just I really appreciate that. I had a, a request to sing this song, so I'm going to try it. I don't really have the strongest vocals since uh, allergies has been allowed to come back in and, and colds and all. They, I guess that the, uh, the COVID stuff is, has kind of settled down, so they're letting the allergies come back now. So. But uh, everybody knows this song. I think it's just kind of fitting for this time. Um, I'm not giving up. Hey, Amen. If you know it, just help me sing it. <clears throat> well, I'm not giving up. No, I'm not turning round. By the grace of God, I'll wear a shining crown. He says, why not turn around? You can't get any farther Because you're just losing ground Oh, but I'm not giving up Hallelujah No, I'm not turning around By the grace of God I'll wear a shining crown Someday, so I'll keep holding on to that nail-scarred hand. No, I'm not giving up. No, I'll keep going on. Oh, would you mind to tell me there's been something bothering me? Why is it that old devil, he just won't let God's children be? You see, he has purpose and determined, oh, to get right in our way and try to turn us from the way of life and lead our souls astray. Oh, but I'm not giving up. No, I'm not turning round By the grace of God I'll wear a shining crown Someday well I'll keep holding on To that nail-scarred hand No, I'm not giving up No, I'll keep holding on 
all stand and say you're with me now, Sam. holding on. Don't turn loose, saints. Don't give up. Whatever you do, don't turn around. We'll ask our ushers to come at this time and receive our morning tithe and offering. It's given to the Lord. <clears throat> we'll uh, sing that song. Uh, Jesus. Brother Andy, if you would, just bless the offering for us. Amen. As Brother Barry comes this morning, let's just sing that song, Falling in Love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus.
falling in love with Jesus. Amen. As Brother Barry comes, let's sing that song, Have Your Way. You want him to have his way with you this morning. Have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts and have your way as we. sing for us if you want to take your seats this morning. Um, we welcome all of you in the name of the Lord Jesus this morning. It's certainly an honor uh, to be gathered in God's house with God's people. That's always a special thing. And uh, we welcome all of you. Had a wonderful time last night in the uh, gathering with our couples. And we got several uh, folks who were here uh, today from that gathering, visitors. And we're glad to have all of you here today. And stayed over to hear the other, where all those quarks are going. Uh, today and, and yes, if you were there, we did. We studied quantum physics last night. I didn't plan it that way, but but Jason's a real star in my books, and uh, he's not. A, I told him he's not a quark after all. He's just just a real brother. So we did study quantum physics last night and learned a bunch of things. So it was really wonderful. And he said he was going to carry on today, and um, we're we're excited. About that. Just a little bit of sing for us. My physicians tried in vain. 
For twelve long years of pain Is proof that there is nothing they can do But I heard somebody say There's a healer on the way Somehow I have to press my way To Jesus, I've got to get to Jesus. I know that He's the answer to my need. Bring Him all my problems, only He can solve them and mend the broken pieces. Sister Lily, I uh, just want to give you this uh, little summary here. Um, as you know, this uh, coming week, tomorrow at 11 a.m., I have a flight to Poland, and um, we're going to uh, be bringing some particular, very specific things over to the believers there, and uh, we have a, a path, actually, to get into the country. Um, 
I don't think I'll be going in, but I have somebody who will. And uh, there's some necessary things that the believers in there uh, need, and so we're, I'll just tell you that we're uh, working on that whole process. So what I need you to do this week is, if you don't mind remembering, uh, the trip in prayer and also the believers. Now, I received some information this morning and some photos that were really moving. Some of you may have already received them on the WhatsApp uh, loop there. But uh, Lucas, who's not here this morning, is with Sister Haley, who's quite sick, and, and uh, we want to mention them this morning already. But he's going to be posting some of this stuff on the website. So I was trying to figure out how I can manage and balance the technical part of this trip because they have assembled families of refugees uh, who are believers who are going to be at the church that I'm going to be visiting. I'm going to be speaking in three different countries in four days. And so I'm going to be moving around to meet these refugee families. And I wanted to sit down with them and record their story. I want to hear their heart and I want to hear what they've gone through and what what it's actually like so I can bring that to you. And uh, I was trying to figure out how to do that, you know, how to technically uh, manage that and get the best recording I could because I'll probably never see these families again. They're moving. They're all moving and transitioning to different countries and everything else, you know. So this is an opportunity to sit down with them and interview them and talk to them, pray with them and so forth. So uh, I was consulting with Jeremy and Lucas, and so Lucas couldn't go, so I I asked Jeremy. So he's, he's agreed to go. And I got him a ticket, so he's going to come with me and bring uh, recording equipment. So ideally, we'll be able to get these uh, clips of uh, our time with those believers and then post them on the website. So you'll have to go there to see it, and hopefully we'll have some good footage that we can uh, bring to you and updates about where we are. We're going to be in Poland for a day or day and a half, I think, then to Czech Republic, back into Poland, then Holland, and meeting ministers and the people who are moving all these goods and money and services around to the believers there. Things are escalating, obviously. We, we knew they probably would uh, in that part of the world. The stories that they're telling me, yesterday I spent time on the phone and they were telling me what it was actually like on the border with two and a half million people trying to get out and the violence and the shootings. Uh, just among the Ukrainian people, not Russian people, but among the Ukrainian people. It was just unbelievable to listen to the stories of what, how dangerous it actually is on that Ukrainian side, just trying to, trying to get out. And all the corruption and black market stuff that's going on, and I, you know, just to be able to get through there. Where Sister uh, April's posting was supposed to be in uh, Lviv, they had a bombing there uh, two days in a row with Samaritan's Purse, and they're strategically moving their facilities in other places. Uh, But they've opened up Samaritan's Purses for believers so that they can go there and receive medical attention and supplies. And so there's just a whole bunch of moving targets here, and uh, it's just incredible how believers are pulling together to get the stuff done. And so I I wanted uh, to be there to be able to talk to the folks and uh, meet them and, and then be able to share that with you. So... Uh, the, all, all of us could, uh, you know, it helps to pray in a different way, in a personal way, when you have names and faces and, uh, you know, the direct contact. So I just, if you don't mind, I just really appreciate your uh, prayers. Lord willing, I'll be back midnight Saturday night and be here to preach on Sunday morning. 
The days of miracles are not past, folks. So uh, if you could uh, remember that uh, in prayer, the trip and just all the connections and everything that has to do, happen in order for us to uh, get there. Jeremy's going to come back from Poland, and I'll go on to Holland and then uh, be back. So uh, it'll just be a lot of, a lot of stuff. But there always is. I mean, this is the world we live in. Uh, there always, always is. And so um, it's an honor to be able to serve the bride of Christ no matter where where it is and what form it is, you know, we're called to be servants. We're called uh, not to be ministered to, but to minister. And, uh, you know, that's, that's who we are. It's what we do. It's how family should be, is to minister to one another. And so, um, you know, we're all, we're all a part of that here in the church. And, and uh, I know I can count on you. And uh, we will uh, certainly try to keep you updated as best as we possibly can uh, to keep you posted on exactly what's happening. So without any further ado, we're going to have you stand again one more time. And I'd like to sing that little chorus, if you don't mind, fill my cup, Lord. And uh, I'm going to invite Brother Jason to come this morning, and uh, great to have him and uh, Sister Debbie with us today and and all of you. And um, I just want you to, for the next hour or so just kind of put your feet under the table and just uh, let God speak to your heart uh, because none of us are so tied to our notes that uh, God shouldn't be able to uh, bring us down your street and speak to your need and and uh, deal with us as individuals he cares very greatly about you and loves you very much and so uh, just pull on that gift and and uh, just ask God to uh, give you what you have need of this morning I believe that he he's faithful to do that so just make this your prayer this morning as we invite Brother Jason to come. Feel my I
Fill it up, Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. Happy to be back here. See all your smiling faces again. We had a nice time last night. And uh, a little bit of uh, anxiety for me because those kind of things are, you know, I'm a little bit of a fish out of water because right here in a church service, that's where I feel comfortable. And I was telling Brother Barry, the Lord actually helped me. He, he hurt me quite a bit. by He helped me by hurting me. And so if that makes any sense, and um, it's kind of like Paul saying, um, you know, I, I died, but, but I'm alive, but I'm dead. But, I'm, but it's not me that live, it's Christ lives. So the Lord, he helped me and helped you by hurting me, which actually helped me because I was, you know, really struggling with my material last night because I had too much for that kind of a venue. And it was like I, I just couldn't seem to cull it down and... And I made the Lord a promise many years ago that I would never go brick like that. I would never withhold whatever he gave me to say. And so I'm, you know, here I am all afternoon looking at all these mountains of notes and this whole thought. And it's going to be a sermon. And that's not really a venue for a sermon. And I kept saying, Lord, you understand this is a marriage banquet. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> Just as long as you understand. Okay. And so, um, so I got to the... Uh, I came there and sat there stressed out the whole time. I thought, well, there's nothing I can do but just keep my promise. And uh, Brother Barry had warned me there was no Internet signal in their cell service. And so I made sure that I saved my notes to my device and uh, and got there. And they're, they're ready for me to come forward. And I open it all up, and I'm ready to go. And, I, and it's not saved on my device. And so I had, uh, I had just a PowerPoint with just a couple of quotes that I read and the rest of it I just had to I just had to wing it amen but that was the Lord helping me not to keep y'all there till midnight <laughs> relieved me because I said okay I'm off the hook I don't have to worry about it now there's nothing I can do amen so this morning we want to carry on at least in our uh, in our in our scripture in our text uh, there we're going to find ourselves in the next few minutes don't bother turning yet we're not going there just yet and uh, so I'm going to, um, you're going to need to be prepared for some inversion today. And, um, you know, that's, that's reversal. When something's inverted, it's upside down or it's inside out. It's transposition. And so that's kind of how I'm going to be starting this morning, at least um, getting going here. Um, because even, even uh, reading my opening text is going to be a bit of a reversal for me because uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to start preaching first. <laughs> Just hang on. <laughs> it'll be all right. Amen. I promise you it'll come out in, in, in the wash. Amen. As Brother William Smith used to say, it'll, it'll all come out in the hogwash. Amen. But, but we're, uh, we're trusting the Lord today again to bring us uh, what he has laid on my heart. And so, um, you know, I want to begin my sermon before I actually open uh, my text, and I, uh, I I feel that I need to make a few opening statements, which I very rarely do, because if I come out and talk, I'll get nervous, and I'm only comfortable when I get into my material. So let's just go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your word here, Lord, that's open before, before us, and I have it laid open here before me, and 
Lord, in this very bizarre way to begin a sermon today, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever begun one like this, but it's just what you have on my heart. And uh, so we're just going to go with it, Lord, and I, it sure has thrilled me to study it, to look at it, and I'm depending uh, upon you now to make it real to the hearts of the people. I'm just your assistant. They sang a song. They invited me out, and I just followed you out here, Lord. That's all I ever know to do, and that's what I'm doing this morning, and I say that uh, more for my benefit than anyone else's, Lord, that I'm just reminding myself that I'm just here to assist you. So I commit it now to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. So I'm going to just make a, a couple of opening statements um, before I actually, you know, get into my, actually even read my text. And in fact is I'm, I'm going to, you know, as I develop this thought this morning, I'm, you're going to even find when I read the text that it's kind of inverted because I'm, I'm actually planning to really move toward the end of the text and then work my way back to the beginning of Paul's argument. So is that okay? Amen. So we're just, if I, if I see you kind of in a dead stare blinking, I'll know to slow down and, and, and back up and reposition. And we'll, uh, I'll, I'm very sensitive to that. So you just stay with me and we'll go on a little journey through the scripture this morning. I love that about Brother Branham. If you ever listen to a tape, just remember, Brother Branham was a master at taking you on a journey through the Bible. And he was just so wonderful at that to just take the scriptures and, and, and turn it into a narrative and then pull the points out and then preach it and say what it meant to him. And it, and it just became a living thing. And that's why we, we love it uh, to, to such a degree. <clears throat> but I, I want to open my heart up to you today um, in total honesty. And I, I, I want to really express a lot of transparency right uh, from the start. And, you know, they, it's, it's said that if you want to make sure you have someone's attention, you should start the conversation with, I really shouldn't be telling you this, but yeah. <laughs> I promise you, you will have their undivided attention. Yeah, amen. amen. For as long as you want it. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I probably shouldn't be telling you this today, uh, but I, <clears throat> I'm quite a loser now, most people don't want to admit that, and so it's no doubt very surprising uh, to you, you know, to hear how happy I am to admit that fully, and I, I'm admitting it fully today. I've been um, a real loser for many years now, and uh, most of my life uh, at this point, really. Now, it may not seem to you that, uh, that, that I'm a loser, and I would thank you if you feel that way. Um, but uh, my wife tries to make sure I'm not a loser. And so, uh, but, but, you know, if you, if you just hear me out, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a loser uh, like, like you might normally think in the sense of, of, of what a loser would be according to, you know, what we would say on the streets, because, you know, the street term for loser uh, just simply means that, you know, they're, they're deemed idiots or, 
are fools or they, they don't know a good thing. You ever hear that? They don't know a good thing when they see it. And so they, they have a good life, uh, but they end up ruining, ruining, it, ruining their whole life by thoughtless uh, or careless or sometimes just being plain dumb. And, and people would remark, you know, with some disdain, that guy, what, man, what a loser. You know, had it all, had it, had a, you know, born with privilege, you know, had this and had this in life and God blessed him and, <clears throat> you know, or, or maybe he was born with a silver spoon and he, he didn't ever learn anything about responsibility and he ruined it all. And you've seen a lot of people in this day and hour <clears throat> in the world where they, they rise to tremendous fame and fortune and glory and they become the, the toast of the town. They might be a sports star. They might be a movie star. They might be a political star. They might be a social media star. And they're just like flying. Man, they're on top of it. And, you know, they got the, the most followers and the most views. And, and they've got the highest office. And they've got, they're breaking all the records. And, and suddenly you follow their life over a decade and they, they burn out and blow up and waste away and, and, and they, they end up, you know, almost on skid row and go, man, I remember when that guy, when that gal, they were, the, they, were, they were everything. And what a loser, you know, that they turned out to be. Um, but but I'm, not, <clears throat> I'm not that kind of loser. I would like to identify myself to you today as a happy loser. And I, I may go down in history as the happiest loser ever. And uh, hence, you're going to see my PowerPoint. We'll have that now. And you'll catch my title. And uh, hopefully, we'll get this clicker working better. It's the happy loser. And I'm rejecting the world order. Yeah. Brother Branham makes some comments that I'm not, I don't have it on my uh, presentation today, but it just comes to my mind. Where Brother Branham talks about, and I'll have to paraphrase it. I don't have it in front of me. But he, he actually is going to give some advice to young men and young women. Now, how many would like to hear you're in that age category and you'd say, man, I'd like to have some advice from Elijah the prophet. Let me see your hand. If you're in that, you'd like to have some advice. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass along to you some, some golden advice, especially if you're young. Here's some golden advice from Elijah of this day. And Brother Branham would go into great detail to say, if if you're, if you're going to be a success in this world, he said, then you, you better forget about the Bible. And he said, if you, if you want to be a, a, a lady killer and you want to be a, a, you know, somebody famous and you want to be very successful, he said, you better just abandon the ways of God right away because you'll never achieve any of that if, you're, if you follow the Lord. Okay? Now, how's that for some advice? If you and what the prophet is bringing out is that the, you're you're going to be the most successful if you can if you can somehow navigate around the the acceptance of the world and and choose by your own volition to be accepted by God because there's no way to be friends with the world and friends yeah. with God. That just makes you a train wreck. You're just a miserable Christian. I've seen people do that. They get just enough Christianity to make themselves miserable. 
They still crave the world. They still want all those things, but they don't want to go to hell. They don't want to miss the rapture. And, and they, they come to church. And, and, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you the, the more uh, of God's word that you absorb, the more culpable you become, the more responsible you become to follow that word. Yeah. And, and then because to whom much is given, much is required. And so hence we come to our our text today, as Paul is picking up here in Philippians chapter 3, and he makes this statement, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless. In other words, <clears throat> there's no, no doubt in my mind. I, I'm not worried that I made the wrong decision. I'm actually writing this letter to you Philippians to let, let, let this be seen as my last will and testament on the decision I made to walk away from everything I knew so that I could have Christ. So that in, in all the ages to come, no one would ever say, gee, I wonder if Paul second-guessed himself. Yeah. He's not second-guessing himself. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Now, he's not saying that the things he gave up were bad. He says what things were gained. To me, they were good things, and he's going to go down the list of them, and they're, they're they sound, you know, like a, you know, a little bit, you know, you know, like he's tooting his own horn, but he's not trying to do that, and I'm not about to try to do that. I'm going to name some things out of my life because I find, you know, as a Christian, and you should find parallels also in your life to say, yeah, Paul, I get it. You're right. I did the same thing. I I, I gave up everything. I gave up opportunity. I gave up a better paying job. I gave up, you know, a better acceptance. I gave up uh, living where I wanted to live because God called on my life and I decided to forsake everything that the world would call gain and say, you're crazy for doing that. And I made a decision that I would just be crazy and that I would follow the Lord because I see in the Lord's way eternal life. And that's what I want. Because as I, I think I made the statement last night, you know, all the great philosophers throughout the world who have knew, known very well what God's said in his word, but they never applied it to their life. And it didn't really matter what they accomplished. You might be uh, having an advantage of their accomplishment, but they don't. They don't. Their life equals zero at the end. Yeah. You're, you're here... You know, you're, you're enjoying these electric lights. You're, you're enjoying, you know, uh, uh, electric power. You're enjoying HVAC systems. You enjoy your automobile. You enjoy the fuel that went in it. It, it helps you get down the road. You enjoy your cell phone. Yeah. But, but I'm here to tell you, unless the people who, who made all of that stuff ever allowed God to be the Lord of their life, it has no value to them whatsoever. Sure. They left the earth and left plenty of stuff for you to enjoy while they end up as a zero. So, you know, it, it requires that you ever once in a while back up and realize that life is just a temporary little vapor. It's just a little snatch of time that's over. It's appears for a little while and vanishes away. And so, so we, we want to look at Paul's reasoning here, uh, you know, that because I'm here to tell you that Paul was a happy loser. That's what you're reading. What things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. So you see, I'm, I'm the best kind of loser today. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy uh, over, over my losses. And I want to project to you today that joy, you know, that, that, that I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy to be a loser that I, I, I wondered within myself, I wondered out loud, gee, do I, maybe I even owe the devil an apology. You know, of course, that's not going to happen. Um, and I don't ever see that happening. But, but I am very happy to be able to say, oh, you're a loser. Thank you. Oh, Brother Jason, you, you had this opportunity. You had that opportunity. And we've all got stories of opportunities that we passed on to stay true to God's Word. Opportunities that were dangled in front of us to say, if you'll just compromise. Brother Branham got those kinds of opportunities. Prophets of old got those kinds of opportunities. If, if you'll just, you know, give a little bit here and give a little bit there and kind of, kind of be a little more ecumenical, you know, Billy, your, your ministry, it could go much further. And, 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 and Brother Branham, you know, the audacity of that is what got him to say, you, you first compliment me, and call me a servant of God, and then ask me, a servant of God, to compromise on the thing that means more to me than life itself? I'm not even sure you know who you're talking to, see? And so, you know, I I think that you you are a puzzle. You're a complete enigma to the devil. He cannot figure out how is it that he plagues you and persecutes you and puts you through trials and causes you sickness and causes you to miss out. And the more he hurts you, the more you love the Lord the more determined that you become to give your life wholly over to the control of the Lord Jesus. So now, as I said, we're going to go backwards in my text. I'm jumping all the way down, starting at 7 and 8. Now we're going to jump up to 5 and 6. Circumcised the eighth day. Uh, Did I do something wrong? That's not uh, where I'm supposed to be. Uh, There we were. There we are. And... Oh, I'm sorry. I missed verse 9. And be found in him. That's what happened. Let me, let me catch the, the context again. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do, do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in him. This is the gold standard. This is the prize. Be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness. I want to tell you something, friends. I have never understood anyone who gets a revelation of Jesus Christ and who sees Him and wants to stay themselves. When I met Christ, I didn't want to be me anymore. I I wanted to be Him. I said, I'm done with being me. I don't even like what I have developed. I want to be like that. See, that that become my my new goal in life. And so He says, And be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And so, you know, when we... When we look at this, you know, you say, we go, we go now to this verse here, starting up higher. Now watch. Circumcise the eighth day. All right, this is a lot of detail here. Paul's giving you some detail about his life. Now he's not bragging. He's trying to make a comparison. He's trying to get you to understand 
when he says, I've suffered the loss of all things, and they were actually gain. They were advantages to me, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that when I look at them compared to what I have now, I don't, they're, they're not gain, they're actually rubbish to me. And, and I'm, I'm happy to have passed on all of them. If I'd have never had any of them, I'm perfectly okay to have never had any of them because now I know Him in the power of His resurrection. So he says, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel. That's good. That's good. Of the tribe of Benjamin. That's good. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. That's excellent. As touching the law of Pharisee. I mean, Pharisees were really tight living people. You know, you couldn't bring an accusation against their life at all. They were masters of the scripture. They lived a a spotless life. They set, they were trendsetters and, and set examples. Now they were you know, complete hypocrites because when they, when they saw the manifestation of the word living behind skin, then they become jealous of that. You just remember, friends, that that's what separates you from the rest of Christendom. That, because you say, well, we have a Bible. Well, they have a Bible. But God's not coming to rapture your Bible. This, this, this book, Brother Branham said, when the books are closed for the last time, the word will be flesh. Remember, this is the third iteration of the Bible. The first one was in the stars. The second one was Enoch's pyramid. This is the third one. There's a fourth one. You know what it is? Behind flesh. Behind flesh. God's coming to rapture people who have become the Word. They've become the visible, measurable standard of the Word of God. And the Word is now living behind skin. And that, that, that brother, I said, that makes the Word made flesh again in the earth. Only now it's not one lonely Galilean walking the shores of Galilee, going about doing good. But it's now in a many-membered bride all around the world. Living by the power of the risen Christ. Hallelujah. See? And so Paul says circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisees, a Pharisee. You know, I'll just say, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm constantly reminding you, Paul wasn't trying to show off. I'm not, what I'm going to say, I'm not trying to show off. I'm trying to give you a comparison. Yeah. Paul says, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. All right? Now, let me just give you some of Brother Jason here this morning. As touching the message of the hour, born the eighth month in the year of our Lord, 1963, a year that will go down in relation to the message as, as really almost like a new beginning for the bride. A, a year in the year of our Lord, 1963, a year in history to where the Bible became like a brand new book to Brother Branham. And so we find that it was in this, in this time uh, this time when I happened to be born. <laughs> you had a visitation of seven angels in a western desert. And here's a prophet given a commission, you know, to return back east again for the opening of the seven seals of the book of Revelation. An event 2,000 years in the making. 2,000 years. Remember that when the, when the jubilee broke in the upper room, that that, you have to understand that that's the very, that's what God had always promised He would do. If you want to understand what the Holy Ghost is, just go back in the Old Testament to see what it said it would be. Because now it's becoming God no longer just above us and God no longer just with us, but it's now God 
further expressing himself in a people. And it's a jubilee. Now he's got a kingdom. Now he's got a family. And now Christ has divided his life across the world. Hallelujah. And so, no wonder it restored an abstract title. No wonder it brought a token life. No wonder they had, they had a book of Acts they could write. Remember, friends, the book of Acts was written because people acted. See? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a chronicling of the events of the Word made flesh. But we find that a prophecy, the Old Testament knew it would happen. It was prophesied. Paul even told him it's going to happen after my departure. Grievous wolves are going to come in. And that was already happening even before the disciples were even gone. I mean, their Gnostics are already making inroads. You've already got Ananias and Sapphira. You've already got a mingling of the churches. It's all becoming, you know, make believers and believers and unbelievers. You didn't have that in the upper room. You had 120 solid believers. But now it's becoming watered down. You have to remember that here today we face a world with you know, probably more than 30,000 different denominations and versions of Christianity, various independent movements. But you realize that in, in, that early, in those earliest days, every church was a message church. There was no such thing as a Christian church that wasn't preaching the teachings of the prophet of their day, St. Paul. And even all the other disciples and apostles were preaching according to what Paul's foundation had laid and it couldn't be added to or changed. And so, so we realize then, but of course, what happens? We find out that they go off the scene and, you know, you, you've got apostles writing letters to the churches saying, hey, you need to, you need to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered. Come on, this thing's starting to go sideways on us. And you, you've got John writing against Gnosticism and saying, anybody that won't confess that Jesus has come in the flesh, because they didn't believe that. Anybody that won't believe that he's come in the flesh is Antichrist. And, and he would say that spirit of Antichrist is already working in the church. Amen. See? And so we find that that church would, uh, Ephesus, it would relax. It would begin to backslide. Well, now, and by the time it, it gets to Nicaea, it's Christ, Christ comes for His bride. She's already polluted. And we find out that what happens, instead of Christ being able to come and take a bride, He's given her the token. He's given her the abstract deed. She has the jubilee. She's the Word made flesh. But instead now, she starts to backslide. And instead of Christ coming for a bride, what must He do? He must sit back down in the eternities, begin to intercede for 2,000 years, seal the word up under seven seals and promise at the end, I'll send back a message that will unseal it all and restore back the original token, the original jubilee, the original abstract. And you're it. And we're here. And this is it now. And so naturally we would write a book of Acts behind us because it, it, we're writing because we're acting. That book will be written in the, in the records of heaven what this bride done in the last closing scenes of earth's history. I'm here to tell you that mankind's 6,000 years in a fallen condition is coming to its conclusion. It's coming to its end. And so here I am, born, in the very time when an event 2,000 years in the making, the Lord would come and unseal the Word. Moreover, I was, I was still yet in my mother's womb as she accepted Christ as a young woman coming forward to receive baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. She received at that very baptism the Holy Ghost and began to shout and speak in another language, not her own. 
When I was born, they called me the Holy Ghost baby. Say, Brother Jason, your trumpet blowing is getting pretty loud. Just carry it. Just stay with me. From there, from there almost immediately, I sat as an infant under the anointing of live, the live ministry of God's prophet as he brought the word and he operated the later pulls of his ministry. I was in fact healed of an incurable disease. You all most know the testimony under his prayer, healed of an incurable disease and uh, raised up, raised up to believe this word all my life. Yes, sir. All my life raised up to believe it. Verse 6, concerning zeal, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. I mean, friends, concerning zeal, uh, you know, I, I never hesitated. As just a boy, I remember as a boy, and I played backyard football with all the neighborhood guys. I, I, I rode bikes and see who could ride a wheelie the longest in our neighborhoods. I, I did all the things that boys do. I climbed trees and fell out of them and, and ramp jumped, thought I was evil Knievel and tried to jump friends and hit them and crash myself and hurt myself. And I, I had the same kind of childhood you had, but, but concerning zeal, I never hesitated to tell my friends growing up about a prophet. I'd eat lunch. I'd eat lunch quickly. When I went to Parkview Junior High School, I'd eat lunch very quickly so, so that I could go outside on nice weather days and set and I, I would take to school that that big, thick footprints on the sands of time. I don't know if it's even still in print these days, but back in, that was such a wonderful book. And I would take other message sermons and read them. I, I'd read about the miracles and the supernatural that followed uh, the ministry. And my goodness, my heart would burn as a young man. Just in junior high school, it would burn like that. And, 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 and burn to know, I just thought, oh, if I could, if I could know God like that, see... And more than once during such breaks, I'd, I'd sneak in to Parkview into the auditorium where I went to school and right where Brother Brandon preached some of the most epic sermons in the end of his ministry and, and, and I'd sneak up onto the stage and everything would be dark and you weren't even supposed to be in there and, and on this side is the auditorium seats probably 4,000 people is where we used to have the Jeffersonville meetings. And then on this side, is they open it up and it's the gymnasium where I played basketball with all my friends. And, uh, and, and you know, and, and, I and I would love, I would walk over there and I knew right where he had his pulpit. You remember he tells them, I'm going to turn this pulpit so I can see both sides. And how I stood there and I thought, I'm standing right where Elijah stood. And then I, realized, I remembered, oh, and I'm standing not three foot from where the angel of the Lord had stood. And more than one time I would do that. I would even take my friends in there and let them stand there. And, and you know, they would, they would say, man, it feels, it feels really strange here. And say, oh, yeah, there's a good reason for that. And, you know, and, 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 and I grew up. I grew up in the very formative years of my life in his tabernacle and listening to his tapes every day. Not just every service, every day of my life. Because yeah. Sister Jean wore out many a reel-to-reel. And half the neighborhood kids got to hear William Branham because she open up all the windows and crank it up. I mean, before they ever had boom box, Sister yeah. Jean had her own boom tape recorder. And she would blow. I mean, we'd be in the backyard trying to play ball. And Who is that preacher your mom is all the time listening to? And I said, well, you know, and that would kind of give me a little bit of an inroad to, to talk to him about it. And I had friends. I actually had friends who start saying, they start telling other friends, hey, did you know God sent a prophet right here in Jeffersonville? And, you know, his name was Branham and all this kind of stuff. And so... 
You know, so, you know, they, I, I, I grew up right there and I, I heard tapes every day. I had close relationships with the prophet's family living there. And, 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 and I want to say to you today, those weren't bad things. Those weren't bad things. Those were all wonderful things. They were, they, they, you know, as Paul referred to them and labeled them all as good, as we read in verse 7, what things were gained to me, gained to me. Those, listen, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss. See? And so, so why would he count good things as, as a willful loss? And, that, and we begin to get his answer. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss. Why, Paul? Why would you do that? That I may know him. Because Paul realized that in all of his zeal and all of his Pharisaic ways and all of his circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Benjamin, all of that, he still didn't know him. And I'm here to tell you, with all my advantage, prayed for by a prophet, sit under his meetings, Born, a Holy Ghost baby when I was born, supposedly, still had to have my own experience. But living there, uh, friends with the family, yeah. witnessing in the community, going to the, to the junior high school, standing where he stood, standing where an angel stood, walking the streets where he walked. I'm here to tell you that I knew this still had to be a reality in my life, that I may know him. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you today, I, those weren't bad things, but I count them all in comparison as nothing, yeah. that I may know him. That's how much more knowing him is in value over all of those other things. Amen. I'm here to tell you, friends, it doesn't matter what advantage you were born with, there is nothing to approach equaling knowing him. Amen. See? That I may know Him. Now it's not just that. Watch. And the power of His resurrection. And, oh, here's a tough one. And the fellowship of His sufferings. Start emptying churches when you start preaching like that. Being made conformable unto His death. Isn't that beautiful? Being made conformable to His death. If by any means... I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I mean, what good would any of his advantages do him if he couldn't raise with Christ? What advantages? I had to ask myself that as a young man. What advantages have I had? If I don't raise with Christ, I've wasted them. What advantages? I don't care what you pursue in life. What advantage is it going to give you if you can't raise with him? Brother Branham said it like this. In the rise, it is the rising of the sun. Sure. Satan doesn't care how religious you are or how right you are in your doctrine. There's a biggie. Yeah. He doesn't even care if you're correct in your doctrine. If you miss that life, you won't come up anyhow. See? Watch. No matter how religious, how good, how many churches you've belonged to or will belong to, it doesn't matter how many things? things? Doesn't matter one thing yeah. unless you have been born again. Yeah. Unless you have been born again. He realized, Paul realized that all his natural advantages, his natural advantages, see, he realized that all of his natural advantages were worth little to nothing yeah. 
because, to compare to becoming one with God by a, not a natural experience, a supernatural experience. He literally was trading a, a bullet list of natural advantages saying, I'm not going in that path anymore because even with all those advantages, I still didn't know Him. I still would have never come up in the resurrection. And I wanted to have a supernatural experience. And so I, I, I became a happy loser of all natural advantage in my life. For this, Paul was willing to suffer the loss of all things. Counting it, literally counting it as rubbish. See? Count, on, on what grounds? On what grounds, Paul? That I may win Christ. And be found in Him. Not having my own legalism. Not having my own perfect list of do's and don'ts that I keep so perfectly. But that which is through the faith of Christ. That, if you don't have that, friends, I'm going to tell you something. What, what, what we find out is that you've got to have. I realized as I grew older that I needed not my own righteousness, not my own advantage, not my own accomplishments, even the good ones. Even the good ones. See, I, I, I realized as I grew older, I didn't need any of those things. What I needed was a personal experience with the same God that Paul knew. The same God that William Branham knew. And I have been a happy loser ever since. I've traveled the world following the ways of Christ, who was the greatest man to ever walk the earth. I've lost friends. I know you can relate to this as well. I know your pastor can relate to this. I've lost friends that the Lord took away from me. Friends who would have pulled me away from His plan. I had lost all kinds of friends across states, around the world, that I, that, 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 that I could have said, my, that's a great friend. But the Lord knew that would pull me away from His plan. And so you know what He did? He took it away from me. You say, how do you feel about it? I'm a happy loser today. He taught me that the true pursuit, see, we, we, we have inalienable rights, or in the O-archaic way of saying it, unalienable rights, as Jefferson wrote. You know, we, we have a right to the pursuit of happiness, but he taught me that the truest pursuit of, of true happiness in its truest form, true contentment in its truest form, was not found in the world's interpretation of fortune and glory. And that's what every young person in here needs to get their mind around right now. It's the truest sense of contentment. The truest sense of happiness. The truest pursuit is never going to be found in the world's interpretation of fortune and glory. He led me away from fame and popularity with the world. And I, I'm, I lost it. I lost out on it. And I'm happy I lost out on it because it was nothing but poison. He led me away from social acceptance with the elite class of the world. He opened my eyes and I'm hoping He's opening your eyes today to the emptiness that that leaves you with. I'm here to tell you, it leaves you with just 
totally emptiness after, after it has taken away from you all of your youth and all of your health and all of your vitality. And it's finally, it, it's finally, it takes your own life itself from you. And, and even, and even, and even while it's happening, it's robbing you of true love and it drains you dry of all feeling and emotion and it burns you out as a person. I've met so many that had this testimony and it left them burned out. Made you feel, oh, for a while, sure, the devil. I used to, I heard a preacher say many years ago, he said, you know, he was talking about these signs. You know, the, fortunately, they, they pass laws and where they have to be more careful where they put them. And, and they had, you know, the Marlboro Man and, uh, you know, Virginia yeah. Slim and, yeah. you know, and, and all of these. And you see the glamorous lady or the rugged cowboy man and, and but what they don't what they never are going to put a billboard up is that man yeah. and that lady years later dying with stage four cancer yeah. eating their life away, yeah. laying in a hospital bed with nothing, yeah. and their life was gone. Oh, th- those billboards yeah. live on, but that person equaled zero. Yeah. See, and so what Satan failed to disclose. I mean, while it was happening, a lot of times, and I know it, friends. I know it from experience. A lot of times while you're enjoying the world's fortune and glory, Satan makes you feel, you know, like a, like a star for a while, like a flaming star for a while. Everybody uh, gazes at you and, 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 and he told you you'd light up the night sky. And you did. That's what a shooting star does. Lights up the night sky. What Satan failed to disclose is that you were actually in a death fall. That you were actually burning up in the atmospheres of the world as you fell from the sky. Only finally at the end of it all to crash back to the earth a dead, lifeless rock. You excuse me if I declare to you and to the world today that I am the happiest loser who ever lived. Say, Brother Jason, you're a loser. You better believe it. I'm the happiest loser I'm the happiest loser of all time. (laughs) I am the happiest loser who ever lived because I heard wisdom when she cries. As Solomon said in Proverbs 1, wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. I heard wisdom crying out to me, friends, and and now I want to tell everybody, not just in the streets, I want to shout it from the rooftops. And I've had a a visitation from a heavenly being who has lifted me up into heavenly places so now I can shout it to the whole world. I'm a happy loser today. I found my real purpose. I, I know what life is all about. I have the secret to what is the meaning of life. What is the meaning of life, Brother Jason? To have it continue. To have it continue. What's the meaning of life? To not let it end. See? And unless, you, unless you're born again, you can't stop it from ending. Yeah. It doesn't matter how long you stay in the gym and what kind of food you eat. It's ending. Yeah. But Jesus talks about those who would come to Him would never die. And I say, that's the kind. I'll be happy to give up this life. This is just a vapor anyway. Oh my! I, I want to lay up treasures where thieves can't break in and steal it. It's never going to rust and moths don't eat it. It doesn't corrode. I've been called up higher, friends. Happy loser? Yeah. I'm the happiest loser of all time. I count all that the world could ever offer me or anything I ever accomplished in life 
as nothing that I may win Christ. Today, I find that my greatest desire is to know him deeper. To know him, as Paul said, in the power of his resurrection and to be made conformable. I'm glad he's going to make me that way because I ain't always willing. Sometimes I, I defeat me. But thankfully, I can't separate me from the love of God. Because nothing can separate me. And even Amen. me can't separate me. Yeah. Praise God for that. Amen. But I'm being made conformable unto his death. As long as I keep following him, it'll make me conformable to his death that I may share in his life, which is, I think you would agree, the most beautiful life that's ever lived. Amen. Brother Branham goes on to say here, you know what Joshua said before crossing over? He said, Wash your clothes. Now, last night, I just want to make a quick connection to last night because we just started talking about application and applying. Remember, you know, I, I learned this lesson as a kid, and it's, it's a great spiritual lesson that I learned from G.I. Joe as a kid. And Buck used to always come to the end of a Saturday G.I. Joe show, and some little kid, you know, he was trying to teach him a lesson, and the little guy would go, I, now I know. And he goes, now you better be careful because this will happen. And he'll go, well, now I know. And Buck would go, and knowing's half the battle. <laughs> and I, I always used to sit there, Brother Barry, and go, what's the other half? <laughs> Don't go off. No, it went off. He still didn't tell me. And the next Saturday, he would say it again, and knowing's half the battle. And I would always say, what's the other half? <laughs> knowing's half the battle. And then I realized one day. Knowing, and I, you can even say it the same way and inflect it differently, and I promise you, you'll get it. I can say to you today, knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Amen. Knowing is half the battle. It's only half. Oh, yeah, it's half the battle, but it's only, it's half the battle. The other half is always application. Always applying. And Brother Brandon would say a lot about applying the token. Now watch, watch, let's look at it. He says, so you know what Joshua said before crossing over? He said, wash your clothes, come not at your wives, and so forth, and get ready. For within three days we'll cross Jordan. Amen. He was getting ready, was applying the token. So applying the token is not a metaphor. It's not a cliche. Applying the token is an action word. You're actually doing something because you're getting ready to cross over. You're taking some steps. That's applying the token. People, it's, it's amazing. They say, you know, applying the token. Well, what does that even mean? Say, oh, well, I, I'm applying the token. Okay, well, what does that look like? Because to apply means to... I remember Brother Biscoe said this years ago. I was just a boy. heard it never forgot it. He said when you apply something, like you're going to apply a laminate to something. You, you, it contacts. You put a glue and you lay it down. And that contact, you've applied and so how do you say I'm applying the token over my home if you're never bringing your family into contact with the token? Yeah. Applying it is doing something about it. Applying it is an example you're setting. You're applying the token to your children. You're applying the token to your faith. Yeah. See, watch. So, he, so he's saying, Joshua, He actually it's, this was something that they actually did. He goes on. Apply it with such love and so forth Till you know it's going to take. It's going to take place, that's all. Apply it in confidence. Yeah. Believe 
that it's going to help. Isn't that beautiful? Believe that it's going to help. See? <clears throat> when you talk to that child, when you talk to your husband, talk to your wife, talk to this loved one, believe that it's going to help. Just stand there and say, Lord, I've claimed them. They're mine. I'm getting them for you, Lord. Apply it. Now watch and create that atmosphere around you. You don't, you don't create an atmosphere by, you know, Eastern mysticism or chance or witchcraft or anything. You don't, there, there's a way, there's a method to creating an atmosphere of Christ around yeah. you. You don't just say it, you know, I'm, I'm just going to believe that the atmosphere of God is here. Well, the atmosphere of God promised He would come if you praise Him. He inhabits the praises of His people. Where two or three are gathered, He's in. He promises to be in the midst. He talks about going with you. I'll be with you, even in you. But, but you'll never know it if you don't allow Him to have sway in your life. It, 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 it's all about you surrendering. That's what... That's what growth in the Holy Ghost is. It, it starts with a surrender and it's a continuing of surrender. See? And so, so we find, he says here that, he says, he says oh, you, 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 you create the atmosphere around you that they'll just drop right into it. Oh, you are, you are, if you've got the token, you create a spirit around you, a power that when you walk, people know that you're a Christian. They know you're a Christian. They love for you to say something to them. They believe your word. What you say, they hold on to it. See, that's it. Apply the token. Then walk with it. Claim your household. You must do it now. This is the evening time. And that's a very gripping statement. This is the evening time. All right? He says here, finally, now you've been listening a long time. Now this is the evening time. It's applying time now. The wrath will strike one of these days. It might be too late then. See, apply the token with confidence. Yes, so God urges us to apply His Word. Too, too often times uh, we, we stop with accumulating Bible knowledge. And the Word warns us against that. You don't just, when you're, when you're applying something, you're not just stopping with the accumulation of knowledge. Proverbs 1.6 says, To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark saying. Now God interprets His Word by bringing it to pass. So, it, so if allowed, the Word will take its rightful place in your heart and it will let it, and if you let it, it'll live itself out in you. And that is the interpretation. It's not just the accumulation of knowledge. It's not just understanding it, but understanding the, the interpretation of, of the proverb. To understand a proverb and, conjunction, the interpretation. You literally become a written epistle. You literally become a living interpretation to your family around you, to the whole world around you. So application is not just accumulating knowledge. As I said to you earlier, as I said last night, said to earlier, and I'll say it again, how many great people and philosophers who knew what the Word of God said? And never applied it. And that's why we read, Brother Branham said, Satan don't care how religious you yeah. are. He doesn't care how many churches you've yeah. been to or how many you will go to. Yeah. He knows, he, see, he has, a, he has a top secret intel that he knows a secret. You won't come up anyway if you miss that life, see. And so, and so, so we realize then that, that, that the Word of God, 
The Word of God is filled. When you read your Bible, the Word of God is filled with illustrations and filled with stories of great saints and, and, and demonstrating its principles. And, but, you, but you just remember that illustration, you know, a Bible illustration only tells us how someone else handled the situation. That's all it tells you. That's what that illustration tells you. If you don't, if you don't absorb the lesson, it's just telling you a history lesson. Yeah. And it's telling you what they did in a similar situation. You know, and, and here you are facing a similar situation, but, but, but your question remains, okay, I see what they did, but how does that translate into my life today? See? And so you, you had saints of old demonstrating God's power. The Bible is replete with demonstrations of God's power, but that only shows you what God did for them. Watch what Brother Brandon picks that very principle up here in the rising sun. Therefore, if God raised up Jesus from the dead, did he raise him up for a memorial? Only? Merely? See? And, and, and is this resurrection morning only a, a one day in a year or a certain day that we celebrate this? See? Or, now watch him start to turn it deeper. Or are we benefactors of his resurrection? Resurrection. Now he's got the people thinking, hmm, okay, I, I came to church on an Easter morning and I heard a preacher say, wait a minute, is this just one day a year? Is this just a memorial? Is this just a, a holiday on the calendar? Or might there be some benefit to me here? Watch. What does it mean to me? See, you can read about what saints did, but what does that mean to you? What, is it, what does it mean to you? Now we believe by faith that he raised from the dead. But what has that got to do with me? That was 2,000 years ago. See? That was 2,000 years ago. So, so application begins by knowing and understanding God's Word in a way that makes Him to you the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the only way that ever becomes real is when you see that God of yesterday living in you today and you'll see Him again tomorrow. And it's not just Wednesdays and Sundays, but it's every day of the week, every day of the year. He's with me. The same God that created the world is living inside of me and working through my life. Now it's become, now it's application. Now you're applying the token, see. Sure. But of course you, you know, you, 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 you realize that, that he's, he's demonstrating this to you. But then it's, you know, it, he's not there, if I could say it this way, and that sounds crude, but he's not there just to be a life coach. Right. See, he's not there just to be a life, life coach, but he's there to change your life and make you into, into a, whole different, brand new person. So applying the word then is putting into practice what you know to be true. What you know by, by revelation to be true. And that's half the battle. And therefore, the other half is to take what you know, not just the accumulation of knowledge, but now you're proving that He's the same yesterday and forever and start applying that in your everyday life. No wonder you're a loser. No wonder you walk away from the world. No wonder you're an oddball to the world. No wonder you seem like a nut. You're supposed to. See? You're supposed to. That's why Jesus said you can't be friends with both sides. There's no way. You're either going to love one or you're going to hate the other. 
There, there's, no ecu, there's no ecumenicalism between God and Lucifer. You understand? And so, so we realize then that, 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 that application becomes a, a deeply personal thing. It's, it's even very unique for each individual. The 14th chapter of Romans makes that very clear that it's, it's unique to each individual how we apply the token. You know, but applying the token is, is literally making an eternal truth into a personal truth. Yeah. That's why Brother Brandon would say it's the revelation of Jesus Christ to you personally. Personally to you. Yeah. See? And so it literally takes this eternal truth and turns it into a personal truth so that the Word of God is lived out in you every day. Amen. See? Every single day. So because, because Brother Brandon taught us the token must be on display. And that's the rub. It must be on display. You can't... They said that when the death angel came to the door, the man couldn't have just slain a lamb and had the blood in a basin sitting on the kitchen table. Right. That w- He did slay a lamb. He does have the blood. Absolutely. But he doesn't have it applied to di- on display. So that when the death angel comes to that door, he says, well, th- this house is owed a death. That, that, I mean, that's what the blood is speaking on your behalf. That when the death angel came to the door, I heard Brother Sam Browning say this 15 years ago. I never forgot it. He said, remember that blood had a voice. And I said, yeah. He said, that blood, when the death angel came to that door, the blood spoke to the death angel and said, there's already been a death here. See the blood? Move on. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you there's already been a death here. Move on. Move on. Hallelujah. I've died in Christ and my token is on display. Amen. Hallelujah. doesn't come nigh you, friends. It's applying the token. You're making an eternal truth into a personal truth in your life. Amen. It's on display. It has to be on display. When we, when we think of the New birth. Let me check my time here. Let's take... Uh, I, I said I'm not going to say how much longer I'm taking because I did that at my church. I was preaching recently and I said, okay, and I, I went a little long, but I'm just going to take... eight. I looked at the clock and I had like 18 minutes at the top of the hour and I said, I'm just going to take 18 more minutes and three people stood up and went to the bathroom immediately. I said, I'm never saying that again. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to do like Brother Diggs and say, don't get scared, I'm fitting to close. All right? All right, it's all right, I'm fitting to close. You know, Diggs will start saying that 10 minutes in. He'll say it every 15 minutes. So, but, you know, when, when we're, there, there's such, a, such an anxiety over receiving the Holy Ghost. You see it among people. You see it among young people. Always this question. It's not, it's not a new question. This was an, an anxious question going all the way back. You know, I talked about being raised up in the message. I promise you this question was on the minds of teenagers constantly. And, you know, the bride in her infancy, a lot of times, the ministry of those, of those yesteryear days, they didn't, they didn't fully understand it in its complete balance that we have today. You're, you're, you have such an advantage today to have seasoned ministry, to have... You, brother, I preach to... I have something. Brother Barry has something. Brother Branham didn't have. And that is a mature bride to preach to. Hallelujah. Who, who, have, who are eagles and who have been feasting on the Word. And we understand these things now. We're not caught in, in childhood thinking. As Paul said, when I was a child, yeah, I thought about, thought about it like that. But now I'm, I'm... Because Christ isn't coming back to marry a little girl. He's coming back to marry a mature bride. Hallelujah. And he's, he's, she's, she's fed on the word. And so when we, 
when we think about, you know, the Holy Ghost and it, it just seems like such a stressful thing and young people stress over it all the time and I'm telling I'm constantly telling young people, the Holy Ghost is not hard to get. Don't let, don't let somebody paint you a picture that this is some difficult, oh, if I can just, you know, how long will I have to fast and how long do I have to pray and what kind of feeling do I got to have and, and what's going to happen in my life. The Holy Ghost is the easiest thing in the world to get and you don't have to wait five seconds. All it takes is to obey the Scripture. Repent. And people don't get the seal of God because they don't fully, completely repent. And God sees your heart and knows. He knows you're holding out and He's not going to close that boxcar in your heart. He's not going to seal up your heart your heart with the seal of the Holy Ghost because He knows you still got unbelief in there. You're still not willing to fully repent of being you. I'm here to tell you, I'm here today to try to introduce you to Him so you won't want to be you anymore. Yeah. Hallelujah, friends. That's, that's the design of preaching is to present Christ to you, to give you some reason to, to want to live forever, to have eternal life and to have His righteousness as Paul began to crave. See? And so, so we find that it's, 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 not a, it, it, it's not something difficult to get the new birth. You know that you, you, you have to be careful sometimes and... And, and I know I'm preaching in a, in a pulpit with mature teaching of not telling you anything new. Brother Barry and I have preached side by side around the world many times. I know where he stands on all this stuff. But, you know, we, we, we realize, of course, there's, there's growth after the new birth. You're going to grow. You're going to mature. But you, you don't try to run and, and be something full grown that you haven't even begun correctly. You've got, you must be born again. And that is a definite experience that you have in the Lord to where you have met Him and you want to be like Him and you're tired of being you. You're like Jacob when he met the angel. Jacob was so done with being Jacob. He said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. And he wanted to, he wanted to be a completely new person. And that, you don't wait 10 days, you don't wait 10 minutes, it don't take 10 seconds. When God sees that your heart is totally, now completely open, you're saying, Lord, I want to be like you. I repent of my, all my sins and my whole life and I want to be a happy loser today. Then that's when God keeps His promise and seals you into the kingdom. A seed gene of God comes to life and you'll never be the same person again. Then you're moving and you're growing and you're adding daily and you're adding. And you're becoming a mature child of God, but you cannot bypass. And a lot of times if you're not careful, because you're speaking to a mixed audience, you know, you have have those who have no experience of Christ at all. You have those with a partial work of the Holy Ghost living in some varying degree of sanctification. Maybe you have people who have been justified by accepting uh, Christ historically, so to say. Uh, but, but, you know, and then, and then, of course, you've got those who are genuinely filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so when you're teaching on spiritual growth and maturity, so, you know, a- after someone is born again uh, of the Spirit of God, that, that's good and that's essential. Yes, but but you, you've got to, it's a, it's a little precarious because you've got to make sure that you don't leave them with the idea of, I can just start being a good person and a gooder and a gooder and a gooder and a gooder. And I guess I just must have the new birth because I'm just such a much better person than I used to be. No, friends. That's just you as a blackbird trying to stick peacock feathers in your tail and claim you're a peacock. You've got to have a nature change. 
You've got to come to Christ and meet Him in a real and living way. And then God will begin to add and add and add and grow you into the likeness of His Son. Because that's what Paul gave us in Colossians. That's what Hosea prophesied in chapter 6. We shall know if we follow on to know the Lord. And Paul showed us in the book of Colossians, he, that was his whole theme to that church, that the whole goal of that day on Calvary and the death, burial, and resurrection, ascension, and descension of the Holy Ghost is to bring God's family into the perfection of Jesus Christ. Amen. See? And so we find that, you know, those things cannot be bypassed. And, and, and God, you know, God has to reveal it to you in that way. That full surrender, when that gene of God, and, and of course we're talking about redemption, which, you know, it's, it's further than just salvation from destruction. God gives every uh, human an opportunity to save himself from this untoward generation, to save yourself from destruction. But, but redemption is to buy back his own. Amen. That's why Brother Brandon would say only the predestinated are considered in redemption. See, Because predestination is just a, 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 it's a byproduct of election. And election is based on origin. You came from God, you're going back to God. Amen. So you, you're part of God's family. That's why you believe the word because it's part of you. Amen. You can no more deny it than you could deny you. See, And so this is what makes it supernatural. Because it's a faith. It's a faith that's not faith in Christ. It's the faith of Christ. Amen. See? Amen. And so, so we find then that, that this full surrender brings that gene of God to life. And you can see that in the book of Acts. Now watch. It's a simple explanation right in the book of Acts. Let's go right to where the promise is made. Acts chapter 2. Then Peter said unto them, here's the requirement. Repent. That's it. That's your first act. Say, and be baptized every one of you. That's because if you repent, you'll, you'll go take his name because now you're quite proud of him. Yeah. You'll do it publicly. You'll do it in front of people. Yeah. You'll do it in front of old friends. And you'll, you'll let your old friends see you go down underwater and take on a new name and come up as a new creation in Christ. And you're not ashamed of the gospel because you know it's the power of God unto salvation. So you've got a whole new mindset, a whole new worldview. Christian, born again saints of God have a completely different worldview of what's going on in the world today and why it's going on, see? Yeah. And so, so we find then that here's the requirement, repent. And right there is where people fall. Right here is where they, they try to go on down the road of maturity, but they've never done that right there. Yeah. Not thoroughly, not completely. Yeah. Oh, they might have went to an altar. They might have been, you know, a lot of times people, you know, they, they're, they're very sorry for the consequences of sin. That's a little world different from being sorry for sin. See, sorry that you you can't stand before God. You're unholy, and you want to be holy, and you want to be able to stand in front of Him. Sure. And so, so we find that. Then Peter said, "Men and brother, what must we do?" Peter said, "Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins." See that repentance to get your sins remitted, to to have to pass from death unto life, to where Jesus said in Saint John five, "You'll never come into the judgment." Because your sins went ahead of you. And by the time you get to your trial, it's, your trial's over. It's already been had. Have a seat on the throne. Your trial's been over a long time ago. Your, your, your sins came ahead of you in Christ and they've already been taken care of. Sit on, hop up here on the throne. But other men's sins follow them to the judgment. And then they have to stand there and face a trial. See, everybody will get a fair trial. But I don't want a fair trial. I might lose. I want to have my sins judged already in Christ. Amen. See? 
And so, so he says, repent. This is for the remission of sins. And you shall, not maybe, not after a long time, not after you roll around, not after you beg and cry and snot and plead and run up and down and do this and do that. It's not, not after you're, I'm good enough. You're never, firstly, never going to be good enough. What it is is a matter of the heart that you have thoroughly tired of being you and you want to be Him and you've repented of being you. Hallelujah. And so, and then he says, for the promises unto you and to your children, who? Promises unto who? The ones who will do this. To you and your children and to all them and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now watch. And with many other words. Now Peter's preaching. This is his indictment message, Brother Branham called it. And he's preaching to a mixed audience. He's preaching to Jews and Hebrews that had come in from all over the world for the, for the feast. And, and they're not all going to become believers, but a big portion of them are. But notice his, here, here's a great evangelistic saying. With many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Any of you, you're able to do it. You don't have to. God, remember Brother Branham said, God will never condemn a man for being a sinner. Because he's born a sinner. See, he didn't even volunteer. The Bible says he was subjected to it by, the, by his maker. And so that's why Brother Branham would say it was necessary for God to predestinate a man who would need salvation in order to give himself reason and purpose for yeah. being. Yeah. See, so, so, so you find that God, being a just God, gives every man an opportunity to save himself from uh, this untoward generation. But now watch him go a little deeper. Then they, only this is the only ones that did, not everybody, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. About 3,000 souls. Now watch this. And they continued. Who did? They did. Who's they? The ones who got baptized. Who are they? The ones that believed. Who are they? The ones that repented. They believed the report. They repented of their sins. They took the name of baptism. They came into the church. And now look, now look at the evidence of the token. Right there. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. From this point on, they begin to say amen to every word. And that is the evidence of the new birth. When you repent, and it's thorough, God keeps his promise. Listen, friends, when, when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and, and told her what was going to happen, and Mary, Mary said, be it unto me. When I'm going to tell you something. Mary did the only thing that a seed gene can do when it hears the word of God. It says, amen. And when... Mary said amen to every word. When you say amen to his word, the only thing God can do is bring it to pass. He has no option, just like you have no option. He gives you his word. It it flashes across a gene. Life comes forth and you say, amen, Lord, I accept it. At that point, God does the only thing he can do, and that's keep his word in you and I. Hallelujah, friends. Oh, this is a a sealed deal. This is God. This is how he redeems his family. And you can be a part of it today. You can be a part of it. You can say, Lord, today I want to be a loser. I want to be a happy loser. I want to lose everything, every advantage. I don't care. None of it means anything to me. How many in this building today will say that to the Lord? Yeah. Say, I don't, no matter what comes, I don't care what the world is offering. I'm done with the world. I'm done.
me. I'm done with this. I'm done with fortune and glory. I'm not chasing it anymore. I, I, I found the path to true happiness. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, friends. Oh, let's stand our feet, have the music come back. We'll sing a song or two. But this is the, this is the evidence of what God can do in your life. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. The entire time from there going forward, they continued. See, now you're on the way to growth. Now you're on the way to maturity. Because why? You got the fundamental correct. You didn't, you didn't do an end around. You didn't bypass your new birth. You had to come to surrender. The, don't worry. It's going to work. It's the closest thing to magic you'll ever, real magic. I ain't talking about Harry Potter jumping out of the bushes on you. I'm talking about a gene of God that was in you at birth. And when that word comes upon it and, it, and, a, and a revelation of Christ comes to you and you don't want to be you and you want to be Him and your whole heart is surrender, I'm here to tell you, you don't wait 10 days. You don't wait 10 hours. You don't wait 10 minutes. You don't have to pass go. You don't have to go to directly to jail. You don't collect $200. You don't do anything but get born again. And from there, then you begin to, here's your evidence of the token, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Everything they heard, they just kept saying, Amen. Amen. And that Amen translated into a walk of Amen. And every day it was Amen. Amen. In this situation, Amen. This situation, what does the Word say? Right here, Amen. Uh, the The world says this. What does the Word say? The Word says this. The world says that. Nope. Amen. And you just keep walking. Your whole life, you begin to follow this book. And wherever it leads, where he leads me, I'll follow. Till one of these days, friends, this book's going to be closed for the last time. Uh, Jesus never carried one of these. He didn't need to. He was the Word made flesh. And he was the prototype. He He was a brand new type of human. A complete human being. Who's now have God? Who has God living inside of him, and 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 he's the beginning of a creation. This brand new type of person, and God's going to fill up His entire kingdom with with a kingdom built off of this prototype. Yes, sir. How many want to be that? Amen. I thank you today. I appreciate your um, your patience and and uh, I we we're singing that song. Um, yeah. Love that song. You were singing it right before I came out, and and I, I just want to sing some more of that. We'll turn it back to Brother Barry. But let's take a few minutes, can we? Come on, let's take a few minutes and let's worship him now. This is a wonderful truth, friends. How many are happy to be a loser today? Amen. I'm the happiest loser of all time, Brother Jason. Go home, tell your friends I'm a loser. Really? Yeah. Why are you smiling? Because I'm so happy. Hallelujah! I lost the world and I gained Christ. I, I count all of my advantages as rubbish. I count them all as nothing. They're all by comparison. I'm not saying they were bad. I'm not saying my parents were bad. My preacher was bad. My job was bad. And I'm not blaming my life on anyone else. I'm just simply saying I found a new life. Amen. I found Christ and I'm moving now. I want to be like Him. Amen. Yes, Falling in love. Falling in love. With Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever, ever done. Falling in love with 
falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever, ever done. In His arms, I feel protected. In His arms, I never did. In His arms I feel protected There's no place I'd ever rather be Falling in love with born with any of it. I don't have any, any of it at the end of my life. Those things really have no eternal value, but I have Christ. So I have it all, really. So the very best thing you can do is just give yourself away. Give yourself away and just let the Lord Jesus take your life and let him add unto you the things that should be added and let him worry about that. He just said, seek first the kingdom, right? So I give myself away. Yes, I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so can you? Self away so you can use. 
Let the world around 
Jesus strong we Oh, my 
What an open word God's given to us. What insight we have. What blessings we have because uh, God has made his word so, so clear and so understandable. And how that God has called us and brought us into this place. I'll tell you what, we are a blessed people. That's for sure. Let's hold to God's unchanging hand. Let's speed it up just a little bit here. To God's unchanging hand. Oh, to God's unchanging hand. Oh, build your hopes on things eternal. And hold to God's unchanging Swift transition, not of earth and move can stand. Oh, just build your hopes on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand. Everybody just That so rapidly decay Just seek to gain the heavenly treasures Oh, they will never pass away Oh, all you do is hold to God's unchanging hand Oh, just hold to God's unchanging hand Oh, just build your hopes on things eternal And hold to God's unchanging hand journey is completed. If to God you have been true, oh fair and bright the home in glory, your unraptured soul Unchanging hand Oh, to God's unchanging hand Oh, be Oh, to God's unchanging hand about your predictions about tomorrow? Not at all. Don't put your energy into that. Just fall in love with them. That's all we want to do. That's all absolutely that we want to do.
because he wants to have a holier life. You just let him have a holier life. Let's sing it this morning. sing a song there that we haven't, we haven't got. If anybody knows about the love of Jesus, I do, I do. If anybody knows about the love of Jesus, I do. Anybody knows about the grace of Jesus? I do, I do. Oh, if anybody knows about the grace of Jesus, I do, yes, I do. Everybody knows about the power of Jesus. I do, I do. Oh, if anybody knows about the power of Jesus, I do. Yes, I do. when the world 
purchase. This is your purchase. These are your people. Lord, whether they're here or in a foreign land, these are your people, Lord. This is what you this is what you claim. And Lord Jesus, we're just going to commit our time and our gifts and talents, our resources into your hands that you can accomplish your will. May you receive all the glory and the praise for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for our time together this weekend and all that has been to us. Now, Lord, just have your way. you and bless your fellowship. We appreciate all of you being here. Appreciate the McComas's coming all that way and uh, being with us this weekend and just all of you, all of our guests and visitors and may God uh, bless your week. Uh, let's sing that little course, Make Me More Like Thee. And uh, we're going to dismiss and let you go this morning and uh, shake hands with one another and uh, fellowship together and uh, may God bless you. Make me